Welcome to Murder in the Black with Steph and MD. Welcome back to Murder in the Black. It's your host, Steph. And I'm MD. I'm back. She's back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It was a great trip. Yes. Your kids have fun? You have fun? My kids had an amazing time, and that alone made all of that money that I spent for Disney worth it. Yes. And, you know, I've heard that it's best to spend money on experiences. Those are the things that you should be spending big money on. Absolutely. I really have taken that to heart in the past couple of years. I've really been trying to gently move my family into giving gifts of experiences versus, you know, the gifts that, you know, toys and things that, like, you will not remember when you get older. So... Next time, yeah. I need you to come, though, because our brother came. And For so sure. And me and my family and my brother and his family. So we were just missing my sissy, and she wasn't there. Yeah. And we missed you. But y'all got an episode. So, you know. We did. Y'all got yeah, an episode because there. she wasn't there. But she's going to be there next year. So we'll have to take a, a week off. For sure. Okay. So we just want to thank everybody who has been leaving reviews. Actually, written reviews, to be specific. We love all of you who've been, like, leaving, like, the five stars and all of that. We appreciate it. Yeah, keep them coming. Yes. And so we just want to go ahead and pick five random winners. And if you didn't know, I don't know, this may just be extra information. They actually have, like, random winner generators on Google. Yeah, like, we didn't do this by hand, y'all. Like, we were legit. We put it in a system. We could hit shuffle. Yes. And it's gave us our winners so the winners are they are okay jordan jordan danae is the first one all right jordan danae and we're giving everybody like up to a month to get back in contact with this because that's only fair right like because i don't know how frequently everybody listens so we'll let you know when your time has expired but we're going to give you all the information on how to reach out so we can mail your gift card. The next winner is Quiet Storm. Okay, Quiet Storm. Okay. I love your name. And she did like Q-U-I-E-T-S-T-R-M. Oh. Yeah. Like, okay, Quiet Storm. I like that girl. The next winner is, this is like Wheel of Fortune, y'all. <laughs> Brittany, is it really Brittany? It's Brittany. Okay, Brittany. She had to. She didn't want to really, you know. She had to chop her name up, she so like, people didn't really I'm know. Give you all these A's. I'm Absolutely. Give you all these Y's. Absolutely. So you know who you are, girl. And then our last one is romantic. Romantic and romantic said in her review, she said. Yes, my name is Romantic. Okay, Romantic. <laughs> okay, because I ain't mad at your name. I am baby. here for your name today. Okay, <laughs> my name is really Romantic. It is not a username. Okay, let it be known, girl. Let so, it be known. everybody that we have named, please reach out to us. Y'all can reach us at Murder in the Black 
on Instagram, just shoot us over a DM or you can reach us at murder in the black, the podcast 36 at gmail.com. And everything that you need to know is in the show notes, just in case you forget. Right. There you go. So let's go ahead and take it away, MD. So grab your coffee if it's the morning or your wine if it's the evening. But either way, let's get into it. Our story is about Paris Lachelle Hobson, and she was born in 1993 to parents Rochelle Arnolds and Perry Lee Hobson. She grew up in Massillon, Ohio. Massillon, Ohio is what it is. And she was a very smart girl. She actually was the oldest. She had a younger brother and she attended Washington High School. She was top 25 of her class. So that is an achievement. Kudos to you. girl. It is like, girl, I mean, if you were in Texas, you could go to any any state school. Any state school. (laughs) (laughs) We can't guarantee you're going to get out of the state. Uh, Yeah, you're not. You're going for free. And that's enough. And hey, listen, because student debt is real. Um, So she attended Washington High School, as I said before, and she eventually went on to Cleveland State University where she graduated. She was an excellent writer, had a bright future ahead of her. She got along with everyone. She, I got the impression that she just, she never met a stranger and you just, you know, to, to know her is to love her. Like, I feel like everybody says that statement, but it's not true about everybody. It is absolutely not true about everybody. Yeah. But she was just a sweetheart. She was very family oriented. Um, And actually, around the time of her disappearance, she was involved in event planning and she had a budding career. So she was, you know, that person to plan events. She was inside of that world. And I I mean, I kind of low key like to call people like that, like socialites. Well, you know, and even if they're not socialized, they're definitely creatives. Like, I, I have a couple of people in my life that, and we have our sister-in-law, shout out to Brandy, who she can plan an event that will blow your mind. Yeah. And I think people like that are just really creative, and most people do love them. Sure. She definitely had a gift. So, in June, or on June 17th, 2017, her younger brother, Perry Hobson Jr., was involved in a hit-and-run car crash in Perry Township, Ohio. So how this all happened is a state highway patrol actually went to Perry's mother, grandmother's house and informed her that he had been involved in an accident. And this wasn't as it seemed, right? Like, it wasn't just a quick, he was involved in an accident. This was pretty tremendous. I mean, he sustained long-term, life-threatening injuries, right? So he was in a coma. So immediately, the grandmother calls Rochelle Arnold, informs her she's back in Columbus. Not Columbus. She's back in, um, yeah, she's back in Columbus, Ohio. And they actually airlift him to the hospital in Columbus, right? So here's the kind of, the crazy, mysterious thing about this accident. It was a hit and run accident, but it was inside of his vehicle and he was on the passenger side. So somebody was driving his vehicle. It wasn't him. It was someone else. Yes, because obviously he was on the passenger side and he had sustained these life-threatening injuries. So it was obviously not him that drove. Right. And they didn't find anybody on scene. Okay, and there wasn't another car that was in said accident, at least that the police could see. Right. So this car, you guys, we will be posting 
pictures of the car, but I mean, this car was absolutely totaled. And I'm, I dare to say he even did the jaws of life to get him even out of the car. The car looked really, really bad. And the best way that I can describe it, and I may be jumping the gun a little bit here, but the best way that I can describe it when I saw a picture of the vehicle is it looks like one of those accidents when you're in a drunk driving you know, accident and it's smashed. Like one inside of the, like it's completely smashed in. It, it just looks like, you know, you don't even have to take it to a mechanic to determine whether or not the vehicle's totaled. It is very obviously totaled. Yeah, so he was airlifted from from um, Massline back to Columbus where his mother was. And eventually, Paris ended up going out to Columbus to live with her mother so that they could care for, for her brother, right? And this was already devastating enough, right? Because it's I think whenever you have a situation where someone is, that you love is involved in a hit-and-run car accident, which we have personal personal um experience with our aunt Claudette passed away in a hit and run car accident it's it 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 like literally takes you out of your element like it seems very dreamlike because you one just talked to this person you just communicated with them um and you can't believe that somebody would actually leave the scene even if you can believe it it's like not my loved one though right so this is already devastating plus add it to they don't even know what happened, right? Like, yes, it was hit and run. But they don't know who hit what, who was in the car. Nobody was coming and saying anything about what actually took place and what actually happened. And what they do know is that Perry just wouldn't let anybody drive in his car because like most men and most people, I want to say, you know, your car is your prized possession. Like you don't want just anybody driving in it or you know, being in it. So they knew that someone close to Perry had to be a part of this some way, somehow. So as I've already stated, he suffered life-threatening injuries and he was in a coma. And ultimately, and sadly, he succumbed to those injuries in April of 2018. And that was just, that was devastating to the family. And weeks went by like I mean I'm talking about two to three weeks and someone I don't know who it was but they had to have some type of authority because they went and took Perry's car that MD already has said looked like it was in a DWI situation or the car let me just say it looked completely totaled something really really bad happened right obviously so but they a high school took his car and put it out in front of a high school as an exhibit to what can happen when you involve yourself in a DWI situation. It was a DWI exhibit. And I know I, I remember these in high school and it was a way to keep, you know, children from drinking and driving, knowing that this threat was out here and you have, you know, advocates like Mad Moms Against Drug Driving and things like that who are part of it. And it was very effective. However, in this situation, it was uncalled for. And disrespectful. And disrespectful. it was not a drunk driving accident, or at least, you know, there's no proof that it was a drunk driving accident. And it also insinuated that he was the driver, and he wasn't. 
He wasn't the driver and he wasn't intoxicated. And because there's so much mystery surrounding at what actually took place, it wasn't proven that he was even a part of it or that his car was involved in it. You know, we just don't know. And because of that, you don't go then and display his car and say that this was the cause of it. That is well, the lie. How rude to not even reach out to the family and say, hey, this is what what we're thinking about doing to give the family even an opportunity to say, no, maybe you have your facts wrong, but that's not what happened in this case. They didn't even reach out to the family. And, and I, you know, like Steph said, those exhibits are very effective. I mean, I see them, you know, we live very close to a high school and I see them typically during, you know, prom season, which we're just got out of. And I, I think it's effective even for me, you know, as a reminder, like, hey, listen, like this is what could happen. But I, I absolutely think it is irresponsible, disrespectful and just utterly manipulative to put something like this on without reaching out to the family. Yeah. So, you know, Paris being who she was, uh, a big sister and an advocate for her family, she actually went on local TV stations in Ohio to denounce the exhibit publicly and shame the leadership who took her brother's car and his memory reputation and put it out on display and lied about it. And she said that they should be held responsible because they only extended their grief. Okay, they this this only hindered their process of grieving for their brother and their son. So the the family is torn up. They're distraught. And in Christmas of 2019, Paris and her mother decided to spend Christmas um, in their hometown of Maslon, Ohio. So they went down there to be with her, their grandmother and other family members for the holiday. They actually drove down on Christmas Eve. And according to her mother, you know, Paris slept the entire way. But, you know, her mom didn't even think anything of it because Paris had not been sleeping anyway. You know, she um, just wasn't getting enough rest in the days leading up to the trip. So she felt like this was normal for her to sleep uh, for the trip. However, her mom acknowledged that she was not acting like herself. She seemed very anxious and uneasy. So, so on December 25th, 2019, she continued to act very anxious and they noticed and by they, her family, her mom, her cousins noticed that she was pacing the floor back and forth, you know, and this was a very strange thing for Paris because it was not in her typical behavior, but also because it's Christmas and they're around family and it just seemed to be very odd. Her, according to her cousin, she was also dating a man that seemed to be isolating her from family and friends. And her cousin suggested that she possibly was experiencing some sort of heartbreak. And that this guy that she was dating was also possibly blackmailing her. So around 2.30 on December 25th, shortly after she had dinner with her, her mother, Paris tells her mom that she's going to go visit some neighbors, some friends, and she was going to walk. And so Paris, you know, leaves the house and she begins to walk in the opposite direction of where her mom thought the neighbors were. And Paris' mom calls out to her and says, you know, where are you going? And Paris acknowledges that she just needed to, you know, walk things off to clear her mind and just to take take a moment by herself. So her mom lets her know, like, pray about it, don't worry about it, and just trust that God's going to take care of it. 
and Paris continues to walk. And her mom acknowledges that this is very unusual. And I think this is where her mom really starts to be very concerned, thinking back to, wow, she slept the whole trip down. She paced the floor on Christmas Day, and now she's walking to clear her mind. And so her mom is very concerned, but she allows her, her to keep walking and do her thing. And about a half hour later, her mom texts to just check in on Paris, see how she's doing. Did she make it to her friend's house? But Paris never responds. And so at this point, Paris's mom checks the car that they drove down in, and she notices that Paris left the phone on the charger in the car, along with her purse that had her ID and her wallet. So now her mom is very concerned, and she immediately goes to the police to the, and well, before she goes to the police, she drives to the park where she thought that Paris was going. Well, Just, yeah, Paris went to Maslon Park, which was a popular park um, in the in the area. So she actually goes to that specific park to check on to her. check to see if she's there, like to see where she is. She doesn't see her. And so at this point, she goes to the local police to declare her missing. P- Paris is 26 years old and. As any of our true crime fans know, the police didn't want to take a missing person report for an adult person, an adult missing person. Because why, Steph? Because as an adult, you have the free will to go missing. missing. Yeah. And, but Paris's mom pled her case. You know, she she goes back the next day. Right. And she, you know, just pleads with them that this is not like her daughter. It's not typical behavior. She was demonstrating some signs that would lead me to be concerned. And so please take this report. And they did. And they put her on the missing, the national missing persons list. Yeah. And I mean, and and so, you know, we're going to kind of go through kind of what we know about the case, theories that people have come up with concerning this case um so the last text message that she sent was to a local church pastor inquiring about christmas service so what that tells me is that she didn't have any plans of not coming back not coming back obviously she planned to come back right because why else would she ask right and then also why else would she leave her phone and her purse right And so the police, they do a good sweep on social media because, you know, we're attached to to social media and that indicates a lot. So she actually had no social media posts when she went away or when she was missing. Um, No activity on her bank records, no history of drug use or mental health problems. And she didn't have a history of self-harm. So doesn't mean that she didn't experience mental illness as a result of this missing, you know, she didn't have a, um, a break, a mental break, but there's no history of that. Right. Right. So uh, according to a neighbor, he actually saw Paris on the street, on the, on the, on the side of the, the road when he walking was towards by, the walking park, toward the park. So he was one of the last known people to have seen her. And he did see her walking in the direction where he said, where she said that she was going. Right. So, you know, the police found no evidence of foul play um, in her disappearance. 
And there are right now still there are no current um, leads for her case. Her case remains very unclear and she's classified as missing. So, MD, can you tell us just kind of give us her physical description, all the things that we need to know in case someone knows or has seen, you know, tell them a little bit about how Paris looks. Absolutely. Before I do that, I do want to say that the police also, they were very thorough in looking for Paris. They had dogs that that sniffed the you know her scent and traced her all the way down the road toward Maslon Park and then the scent went cold and they said that they believe that the scent went cold because it's more likely that she got in a vehicle at that point and that's why the scent you know went away so I think you know and that we'll get to the theories of that but I wanted to make sure that we we stated that because that was one of the things that the police did to look for Paris. So Paris is physical. She's she's African. She's an African American female. She was born in 1993, as we already stated. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Paris is five foot two, uh, and she, at the time of her disappearance, weighed between 220 and 230 pounds. She has a couple distinctive features. She um, has a tattoo of her name and a pair of lips on her chest a rose on her foot and ankle, and an unspecified tattoo on her upper back by her neck. Her ears are also pierced. So when she was last seen, she was wearing blue jeans, a pair of tall black boots with gold buckles, a black pea coat, and a burgundy shirt with purple stripes. And she was carrying a black purse. So if you have any information regarding the disappearance of Paris, Hobson, please contact the Maslon Police Department at 330-830-1735. And we'll give that information at the close of the case uh, as well. And it will be in our notes. Yes. So a little bit about the theories, just in case you're like, man, that well, first of all, it is a super short episode. But there are some theories concerning what actually what could have happened. Right. So MD already told us that she was dating a guy. Um, who was isolating her from friends and family. He was threatening to blackmail her. And that could be a possible indication that maybe she went up to meet with this person who was threatening her, Um, you know, and they took her and they did something with her, right? Um, I'm sure the police probably investigated that and they came up with zero, but that doesn't mean that that theory still doesn't check out, right? The second theory is we all know that her brother died of mysterious causes in that hit and run accident. And Paris vowed to her family and friends that she was going to find out what happened to her brother. She absolutely was going to find out. And specifically, she wanted to know who was driving the vehicle. She believed in her heart that if she could find out who was driving the vehicle and who got out and didn't stay and ensure her brother got the help he needed that would lead her to what happened to her brother yeah so So, I mean that is a possible theory and she probably met up with whoever it was said person or found out too much or whatever the case is and they eliminated her as the threat to tell the police because it is a crime to leave the, the scene of a crime the scene of a crime it's a crime to leave the scene of the crime it is. It is. So, um, 
those are the theories about the case. And I think it's important. The The theme of, of this particular like season of our show is called Infamy. And we are bringing you cases that either you might have heard of in your local town, but it did not get any national news. Um, and we also want to make sure that we're highlighting missing people or missing persons because, you know, we often just overlook these things and or the mainstream media overlooks these cases when it comes to people of color they just don't talk about it like they do the Lacey Petersons and all the rest of the people who were white who have gone missing and that's just the truth so we want to make sure that we're using our platform our voice um to bring awareness and hopefully bring resolve to these families who they don't have answers they're left wringing their hands and, you know, without a solution of what happened to their loved one. People don't just disappear off the face of the earth. They don't. So we wanted to make sure that we covered this. And I don't I don't even really know that we can do a takeaway. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking, like, what is my takeaway? I don't feel like I really have one. It's hard when you don't have a conclusion to a case a resolve, you don't walk away with an answer of this is what happened to the person. It's really difficult because the truth of the matter is Paris could still very well be out there. You know, a theory that's not necessarily floating amongst the theories of her case, but is very real in the world we live in is, is trafficking. She very well could have been trafficked. She could have been taken. She was walking by herself down to a local area by herself on December 25th. And you have very evil people in this world. And I think if you listen to our show, you know that all too well. And so that's another theory. Possibility. And it's hard to bring a takeaway to something that has no resolve. So I don't know if I can come up with one. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I can either. I just want to say we, we want to give our, our deepest, um, just sympathy towards Rochelle Arnold, the mother of Perry Hobson and Perry Hobson Jr. And Paris Hobson. I mean, that is a double heartbreak as we have entitled this episode to have to, um, you know, bury your son so early. He actually left behind two children. He left behind a young son and a daughter. And then to very shortly after he passes away, you know, um, you have to have this unresolve about your daughter, you know, your, your only other child. And so I, I, I can't imagine her, her pain, um, but I'm sending prayers to you and believing that by sharing this episode we bring more awareness to finding you some answers and some hope and conclusion for your daughter's disappearance right uh, it would be really great if somebody if you know something or you saw something that day you live in the area or you know somebody that lives in the area you share this episode with them and maybe they're able to remember something or if they've seen her anywhere that would be amazing. And so, Steph, if they do find something out, I know I gave out the police, the police's information, but there are a few social media pages that they can check out as well. Yeah. Okay.
am actually a part of this Facebook group and it's called Paris Hobson. Now, I just, you can go and join the group. There's no requirement, but um, there has not been an update. Um, The person who is the admin hasn't updated since about 2022, so last year. Um, But I highly encourage if you know anything about this case or you want to share anonymously, you know, definitely follow that page if you just want to keep up with this case. Um, you definitely can do that. Um, Help Find Paris Hobson is another Facebook discussion group. Um, and I am not I'm not following them currently, but I do encourage you guys to do that. And lastly, it is um, since kind of like researching different cases about the missing, I have become aware of a website and it's called the National Missing Unidentified Person System and they nickname it Namus and Paris Lachelle Hobson's ID number on there is MP64218 and that is MS and Mary P as in Paul 64218 again if you know anything anything I mean, you saw something, heard something, rumors, anything would help. Please contact the Maslon Police Department at 330-830-1735. All of this will be included in the show notes because we realize that, you know, you may be driving driving and I don't even write anything down anymore. Or you may just be cleaning your house because that's usually when I listen to my true crime. Yes. So we want to go ahead and just say thank you again to all of the people who reviewed and wrote a written review. We highly encourage you guys to do that um, just because we appreciate it. Okay. Yes. So that is our episode for today. Um, Make sure that you share if you care this episode with your friends and family and stay updated with us on murder in the black on all platforms on facebook and tiktok and instagram all right